Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm Rebecca, your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Halleck. And it's been a while since we were in studio. Oh my goodness, I'm feeling like... We were going into withdrawal. You were going into withdrawal. I'm feeling like, what am I doing here again? Like, where, where do the, how do the buttons work again? Which is a little silly, because of course that doesn't really go away that fast. But yeah, we've had a month of, uh, I mean, after five years, really. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're, you're, you have muscle memory for that. <laughs> yeah, we're good. But yeah, we had a we had busy months all over the place, mm-hmm. but we're so good. We made it up the mountain. We conquered the remains of the snow, because that's all that's really left right now in Vancouver. But uh, shout out to all the fellow Vancouver who were equally overwhelmed with the, you know, minuscule amount of snow that we received this week that served to grind the city to a halt. I told my Toronto friend that we're wimps here when it comes to snow. We are absolutely (laughs) wimps when it comes to snow. And uh, I can't say that I really mind. I, you know, I left Northern Ontario for a reason. Yes. (laughs) I don't need that snow anymore. If we deal with this once every five years, I can handle it. Yeah. 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 But joining us in studio today, we have Ricky Castanedo Laredo. Did I say your name right? That's perfect. Woo! That's great. <laughs> Bonus points to start with. And uh, Ricky is our music director here at CGSF, and he is some kind of artist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And we're going to explore what that means through this next hour. We've actually, Ricky took my spot when we were doing the fun drive yeah. in the fall when I got sick, conveniently, inconveniently, right before fun drive. <laughs> so I held this the zone of tweeting where I couldn't infect anybody from my uh, bed at home. But thank you for, for doing that Absolutely. with Luca. And then we wanted to have you come back on again because we didn't get to actually focus on you. Yeah, we no. felt like we didn't do you justice. Yes. Well, uh, I think it was a part. Like There was. It was there was. There were yeah. little moments in there. There, but we wanted to have a whole hour for you. <laughs> right. Well, I hope I can fill a whole hour. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. So we were uh, um, already doing some chatting before we got live on, on air here with everybody else that's available to listen now. Um, so we were just hearing a little bit about your family background and you come from Mexico. You said that you came 10 years ago. Yeah. And that was a big leap. What I didn't hear when you were telling me that story already um, before we came on air was why you chose Canada. Oh, I mean, it, honestly, it was a. Um, I got into three schools uh, when I applied for university. I was doing an animation degree at the time in Mexico, but I didn't love it, and so I applied at three schools. I applied at Ready, which is the Rhode Island School of Design in New York. I applied to Saic, which is the Chicago Institute of Arts in Chicago, and then I applied to Emily Carr University. And then I got into, I didn't get into Ritty, but I got into Saic and I got into Emily Carr. And Emily Carr was going to put me uh, into $13,000 worth of debt, whereas Chicago would have put me into $50,000 worth of debt. No contest. uh, Yeah, and it was not really, like, I still think it was one of the best decisions I made. But uh, (laughs) but it definitely, like, if it comes down to, like, the why it really came down to like how how screwed do i want <laughs> do i yeah, want to yeah. be later <laughs> when you get out yeah. it makes sense yeah. yeah but then that's the window through which kismet and the universe gets to work and yeah. it brought you here and now we know you and of course that's the end of everything you have to meet rebecca and luca and then yeah because <laughs> then you know you've arrived yeah well i feel like that's the, the magnetism of it right so. now you split your time between our station yeah. at 
at um, Simon Fraser University and uh, the University of British Columbia's radio station, which is CITR. Yeah. Um, at, is it, it like you, equal time at each? Uh, or? Yes, it is yeah. equal time at each. So yeah. it's 21 hours for both of them. Yeah. So it's not going to be fruitful for us to say which one do you like better? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you're not allowed. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, you know, I live. It, it's so nice to be able to do both, and I was worried. I, I worked at CITR first, and um, so but you have different roles at each. But I have very, I have very different roles at each, and I think that helps with me not being able to like pick favorites because I do nothing of what I do here for mm. CITR. What I'm, is it that you do over there? I'm the art director. So oh yeah, that's what. That's brilliant, though. Yeah. So I have yeah. to say, w- yeah. what does an art director do? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, my role, for especially for a radio station that is largely n- art, not like, visual. Yeah. Um, well, CITR, uh, I mean, I, I do a, a bunch of things. So I got hired specifically a lo- like five years ago, six years ago, five, six years ago, uh, to design their magazine, which is uh, Discorder Magazine's magazine. has been in print since uh, for 35 years. and um, It's got a history. It's got a huge history. It's been a part of CITR's history forever and uh, mm-hmm. y- you know not to like toot my own horn but I think it's one of the things that makes CITR so iconic uh, versus mm-hmm. a lot of the other community stations is that Discorder has just like survived mm-hmm. as this bizarre print publication that mutates depending <laughs> on who's who's behind the wheel mm-hmm. uh, so I was I I was just looking for a cool job and I applied and, it, and, and I got it somehow I'm not sure how <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I became, th- uh, yeah, I became their um, their art director for the magazine, and then it was on honor- it was honorarium at the time. So I was still working a full time job, and then doing Discorder uh, at night, and mm-hmm. I was losing a lot of sleep because of oh, it. Oh wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was cool. I, I I I was a part of the scene that Discorder covers, like as far as like music's concerned. Back then, it was definitely more of a music magazine. Um, and yeah, I got into it. And I, I loved it. It married a lot of things that I loved. I, I love music. It had that. I was a designer, albeit not a trained designer. But but they didn't seem to care too much because they were also like, you know, we can't pay you too much to do this. So we don't, you know, they could have probably found a much more experienced designer. But, but they, not that, for what they were not paying. Not for what, for the, what they were paying. Right? I mm-hmm. sense they were also needing your artistic flair, your input, which is... I think to some degree. I mean, mm. I, you know, the story of how I got hired is a weird one. Uh, and um, Oh, bring it. That's wh- our favorite kind of story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I, I just didn't really understand Discorder at the time. You know, I, I think I approached the same way that a lot of people see it now. And now being at the other end of it, I get to witness something that I was not privy to when I first applied, which is... I thought Discorder was just like so much bigger. I thought that it had like a whole team of designers and illustrators and photographers that were all, you know, coming together to kind make of this. like the Wizard of Oz. You pull back the curtain as one guy sitting yeah, back there. Yeah, it's one guy sitting back there, right? And uh, and so when I applied, I thought like, you know, I I thought I was going to go into this like, you know, like beautiful and 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 white office with like you know like the typical like we work like. Yeah, communal space working and stuff, and then and and I actually just ended up having an interview, and and it was almost the closet at CITR, um, and CITR's old station was beautiful, but it was old, right? Much mm-hmm. like our station is now. It's just it's a it's, it's a relic at worn. this point. Yeah, it's worn. It's Has a, patina. Like, like a like a yeah, like worn one <laughs> sweater, right? So, um, and then I realized that it's like I at the time, and I was one of the only people that applied that had any any experience 
designing anything and to be fair and CITR knows this so I'm not too ashamed to admit it but Mm. uh, the main program that they needed me to be able to use was InDesign to make publications that Discorder's whole premise was built on InDesign Mm -hmm. and I had never trained as as a designer so I had never in my life opened InDesign and they asked me can you use in the design? And I had brought samples of work that I've done, like posters and, mm-hmm. and vinyl. Like, I, I designed record sleeves and stuff, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and I just told them that I did that all in the design, which now, thinking back to it, was like, I can't. That was audacious. That was a big leap yeah, yeah. to make. <laughs> um, but, um, but they didn't really know better either. And either way, maybe I showed up with enough spunk that they were like, you know what, even if he doesn't know in design, he clearly well, if you know how to learn, yeah, right? it's like he clearly wants then, to do it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think that CHR just chose me because I just I just wanted to do it. It's something that really thrilled me. I was working as a cook at the time and uh, and not doing anything with the things that I actually wanted to do. I mean, I love food, but I you know I I wanted to be a designer. So mm-hmm. it, they gave me the step up, and then and then about three years later, their designer quit. And because they actually had a designer that they, um, and then they were like, we could, they were kind of searching for a new designer. And then Brenda Grenot at the time, who was the station manager, was like, why? We should just take the designer we already have on staff. Who knows everything and, else already. Yeah, and actually yeah. just give him mm-hmm. like real hours. Like, Absolutely. Right. And so mm-hmm. Brenda was amazing and she made, she put it through. And, and then the station manager after her is the one that finalized it. And three years later, I kind of stuck around enough that they made me they made me a job and nice. so now I my job so my title's changed I'm the art director of Discorder but I am the art coordinator for the station right and, <laughs> and so what that means is I coordinate all of the visuals so like anything from like business cards and pamphlets right basically the branding right yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. to 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 their fund drive campaign, I'm, right. I'm their designer yeah. for that as well, right? So uh, cool. yeah, so that's 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 the CITR story. Right much. on, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then how did you get connected over with CGSF here? <laughs> um, at the time, uh, that it was right after actually, I, my hours got expanded to actually be like a part time job. Um, the advertising coordinator at the time was Kata Yoon Yusuf Biglu. Oh yeah, and Cat left that job. To become the music director here, mm-hmm. uh, eventually, Cat left to, to go on a massive tour, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm still very envious of. <laughs> uh, but we're talking musical tour. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. She yeah. she plays in a bunch of bands and um, uh, and Britt Bachman, who was at the time the editor in chief of Discorder, she knew Cat very well and was like, "Hey, Cat's leaving her job. I know that you're looking for another part-time job that kind of like matches this one." At the time, I was working. Still full time for uh, at, at that point I was working for Opus Art Supplies mm-hmm. as like a, a store coordinator, mm-hmm. and so I was pulling my twenty one hours for Discorder while also holding down an, a full time job, which wow. was like a very ridiculous thing for me to have tried, but I did it. Understandable. That's <laughs> how we make ends meet sometimes. Yeah, and we so have no social life. Well, it's making ends mean, but it's also f- doing work that we love. Yeah, totally. Right? Making sure that that's a priority and it's in there. I couldn't, like, you know, Opus was great to me, but I couldn't just have that end there, right? Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to, I really wanted to keep Discorder. Uh, but at the time that they offered me the expansion, I was kind of thinking I should quit because I just, it was becoming unsustainable. Mm-hmm. And so they finally were like, don't quit. We're going to make this position for you. So anyways, Britt 
at the time knew that I was kind of looking for a job to replace Opus that would be a little bit more manageable uh, with the hours and flexible like CITR mm-hmm. had been. Mm-hmm. And then Kat quit this job, and Britt was like, "That's you got to go get it. it. You got to go get it." Yeah. Yeah. And you are a mis- musician yourself. I am, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, I, I, I like music directors probably the other thing that I wanted to do with my life. I, I grew up just listening to... I grew up in Mexico where, like, live music, at least the type that I was interested in, doesn't come through all that often, like mm-hmm. punk and hardcore and metal. I was really into all those genres mm-hmm. at the time. And, like, all that ever came through Mexico were, like, big bands. Like, Metallica came to Mexico, right? But right. it's like, I just, I didn't care for Metallica. I wanted to see, like, these, like, independent, like, thrash bands that came <laughs> that would never tour Mexico because right. it's inaccessible, right? right. Like, um And so I just spent most of my childhood and most of my teenagehood just, like, pouring over, like, music websites and blogs and 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 obscure like tumblers of mm-hmm. the world just but in the age of internet yeah you could you could do that could do right that. so yeah. so you could get access to know what it was that you were really missing yeah absolutely and and that, and that was it right and so I, I kind of spent most of my high school years like dreaming I had a band but that band would never go anywhere because we were just like dumb skaters that wanted to play music <laughs> and uh and i neither way we were just playing talent shows right but yeah. but i had kind of a dream good of, for you yeah. i mean honestly <laughs> yeah. right on for the dumb skaters who want to play music and you get up there and do the talent shows. Yeah, i mean well, how do you ever get started anywhere how, else how right it's you? awesome yeah <laughs> so for those of you just joining us now you're listening to essential conversations with rebecca and luca and our guest today is ricky castaneda laredo um and we're we're calling him some kind of artist, yeah. and we're finding out all about the different kinds of artists that you are. It's always interesting to us to hear, especially from people who end up in campus and community radio, <laughs> yeah. right? That I mean, very few of us sit down when we're teenagers and say, "I want to be in the campus and community radio scene mm-hmm. when I graduate and um, choose my career for my lifetime." Yeah. How how did you um, end up? In in this kind of area, and where do you see it, sort of, in the trajectory of your of your life? I mean, so I ended up in like I, you know, I, I got to be honest. I lis- I listened to a ton of radio as a kid, but it was mostly what my parents wanted to play. Like it was their car, their rules, so they would just play whatever radio station they wanted to listen and to, mostly commercial. You. So you know, so radio yeah. was never a big thing to me. It just really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, you know, it was kind of weird because when I applied for the, So I working for CITR, you could say that I kind of worked in radio. But for CITR, I don't work on the radio side for the mm. most part. I'm very auxiliary. You're and not broadcasting. I'm not, I'm not yeah. on the broadcasting end. No. I'm on the no. advertising and publishing end for them, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so, like, even now, people are still like, if I say I work for Discord Magazine, they don't realize that that also means that I work for CITR. They mm-hmm. think that Discord is kind of its own entity. Uh, but when I got the interview to do this job and I got asked the questions that I got asked through that interview, I just like had this weird like moment of like, oh my God. Like and I never feel this. I'm not a <laughs> I'm not a very confident person, but I sat down through that interview and I was like, Holy smokes, I actually know how to do everything they're asking me to and I've never worked in radio because, you know, I had it's like no music and be involved in music in some way. It's like I'm, I'm parsing down what the interview actually was, but yeah. um, and it's like yeah, I play in bands. I've been playing music since I was like 15. Like I get music. I again, I I was a music nerd from like a very early age. So 
genres, bands, history, like it's all things that for me were just like the things that I did to kill time, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, I know all about that. And then radio protocol and stuff like that, well, CITR gave me that just by mm -hmm. being there being in their there office and, hearing it. and yeah. hearing it and seeing how it all worked. Um, archives, a lot of what I do as a music director is I, I, I'm a librarian. I, I archive mm -hmm. the music. Um, I, I studied that in Emily Carr, I studied print media and curation, so curatorial practice. So mm. a lot of what I studied mm. in school had to do with like archival systems, how to, you know, and, and f specifically to my degree, it was more to do with like paper. But a lot of things translated over. And then I paid my way through school by being a cook um, for like high end restaurants in Vancouver. And, um, and that gave me like a very strong work ethic. Somebody that was just I was always yes, like and, and a sense of team, right? Yeah, because in, everything's done in a team in, in a, a team. kitchen. Exactly, yeah. And, and kitchens are just very organized, very diligent. Everything mm -hmm. is is done as, as effectively as possible, right. right? Yeah. And so it made me a very good administrator. So suddenly mm -hmm. I was sitting in this interview thinking like, holy, like I have. I've actually got everything. I actually, I've actually have it. I actually have all of the cards. They're you didn't have to for. lie your way in no, like you I had to in the other job. <laughs> no, I didn't have to at all. <laughs> it's the most confident I've ever felt in an interview. I sat That's down. That's beautiful. Yeah. I sat down at that interview and I was just like, I got this. Oh, this is mine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mm -hmm. do have this. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was really, it was awesome. And uh, and you f you slid in here really seamlessly. I, like I, it was like you'd been here for years. I uh, it's it's you know I don't know I think it's half anxiety and half uh, <laughs> um, you know like trauma from from working in kitchens because in kitchens that's pretty much like you show up at a kitchen and, and you don't show any weakness you just get you, in there you're and just do it. they're like here's yeah. an onion go for it and you're like okay good it. got it yeah. like they always give you the onions the, right yeah. <laughs> yeah there's no pulling back in kitchen work right yeah, yeah. and no. if not you're out yeah. that's it mm -hmm. for and sure. so and I there's have, a deadline right like and, yeah. so it's all geared to start a service and right. here we're all exactly. geared to start a show and they don't really yeah. care that you have never cut an onion in your life or not they're just wondering <laughs> like okay we need you to cut the onion yeah. like it just needs <laughs> to happen yeah. yeah and yeah. so <laughs> i show up to almost every job with that mentality right. it's I'm like i'm gonna do the thing i need mm -hmm. to show up and just land and make this work I, right. I i don't like and i'm trying to ease back on it because i do think that the wall anxiety is like a funny part of it it's also a really really real thing where it's like I don't need to do that. <laughs> right. Like, I sure. can more. I can more slowly adapt, yeah. but I came into this job with kind of that yeah. fire to just get in here and be like, "I'm a music director. What does that mean?" And right. and, and, and I just, just and show I, up and embody it. And I did it. Well, I'm also noticing that what you're describing is you sh you showed up here for 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 a specific kind of work, right? And so yeah. this was to to fill out your life to complement to create some balance actually yeah. as you're supporting and sustaining yourself, but in the ways that work for you with your spirit, with what you which what you love, what mm -hmm. you love to be connected to with what you love to create in the world. And it sounds like you stumbled into the fact that it's shown up here in radio. Yeah. And you've discovered, oh, wow, this is actually a good fit. And I feel like that's something we, uh, maybe a lot of us here. I think so. End up yeah. sort of almost by accident. It's like you trip and fall and you're in this new place. And you're it's like, in this oh. tribe. And I didn't even know this <laughs> tribe existed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we're it. And we're yeah. here. And it's, and it's fun. Yeah. Wow. 
Oh, so great. Uh, you know what? I think it's time for us to play one of your songs. Cool. Okay, which one would you like to pick first? Uh, well, why don't we do the At the Drive-In song? Okay. Do you want to tell us why you picked this before or after I, we play it? Uh, you know what? Maybe maybe I'll just talk about it now. Do it. Um, it I picked this song, so this is At the Drive-In's Napoleon Solo. And um, it really speaks to me to that part of my life that I kind of already talked a little bit about which is like I used to just geek out about music all the time and um, and I never got to see these bands live I never like I, all I ever find at the time was like videos that you'd download from like LimeWire like these old programs and and that was the only way that I got to experience music it was through the internet it was through um, through downloading and torrenting stuff right mm-hmm. and at the drive-in was a band that just like really like it was one of the like moments that I was like, this is the kind of music that I'm really excited about. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And so Napoleon's so like Yeah. Um it's fine in your it's fine in your tribe. This this was it. Yeah. So yeah, Napoleon Solo is just uh it's one of probably one of my favorite songs of all time. So Amazing. All right, so we're gonna take a listen to this Napoleon Solo by At the Drive In from their album In Casino Out. And we'll be back in the studio with Ricky in just a few minutes. Sitting down on the beaded impotence of New Orleans A hint of suspense when that telephone rings This is forever
Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. Before we dive back in, I'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that we are broadcasting from the unceded ancestral territory of the Coquitlam, the Musqueam, the Squamish, and the tsleil And what that means to me, as a settler, I take time to reflect on the fact that I am on lands that I do not originate from and that there are people who originate from them, that their voices are more directly connected to the rhythms and the seasons and the needs of the land and especially at this time in our history where I'm about to swear we are effing it up (laughs) we really really need to be listening to those voices who know how it's supposed to be rather than where we've taken it to we are here with Ricky Castaneda Laredo, yes. and he is some kind of artist. He is a musician who is involved in lots of bands. We just listened to his first song request, which was at the drive-in, um, Napoleon Solo. And so that was you connecting with that which you knew must exist, Yeah, finally finding it. The first hint of that. And you have a dove divin what's the past tense of you, a dove, dove? I think. it's still it dove, dove. Yeah. i want mm-hmm. dove to go even farther past tense i'd love to hear about the bands you're involved in and how what does that arc of your like look life looked like oh okay um so i am in four bands and i've been in more and less for years um the mainstay i mean so i had that skate punk band in mexico but when i moved here I knew one of the things that I really wanted to do was be in like a band, like a band that would tour, a band that would write and record and, and, and release albums. And uh, so that band became Anchorus. And so Anchorus is the first band that I was kind of like really formally in. Uh, I've been in that band with the same four people for about 10 years now, almost as long as I've been here in Canada. Uh, and then we added, two years ago, we added another another member. So we're five now. But um so you have history with these? Oh yes, folks. these are these are my best friends probably, um, and um, and just I've gone on a lot of cool. I've done so many tremendously cool things with these with this group of people. So that's Anchorus. Uh, I play bass in that band, and I'm the backing vocalist. And um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's been you know not to take away from the other projects I'm involved in because they also have their own magic and merit. But Anchorus was the band that for me was like. I can do this. I can, I can be in a band like this thing that I dreamed about when I was a kid, being like, "Oh, I'm never gonna be in a band ever." So I'm just gonna learn about music instead. I, um, I got to, I got to do it. And Anchors has gone on tours across Canada and down to the United States. We've released uh, almost all our albums on vinyl and CD, and we're available on Apple Music. And people have said very nice things about us on on uh, on the internet and in magazines. And it's. Uh, it's wild. Like it's, you know, I, I, I sometimes feel like I kind of take for granted what a beautiful experience it is to, to be in a band that anyone beyond you cares about at all. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's like honoring that people are actually yeah. listening and enjoying it and giving you feedback and yeah, that people yeah. choose to engage, especially with a genre that has this difficulties like punk, right? Like, mm. it's not everybody's cup of tea. It's you mm. know, my parents are always like. You should you you're good writers, but you should scream less. You know, like things like that. Um, yes. And uh, so <laughs> maybe pun- screaming is a way of coping. Yeah, but like you know, it's it's also part of the music that I grew up listening to, and it's something that Anchors really embodied. So um, 
So yeah, so anchors is kind of like uh, was the first step. Um, I was a very I was young, very young at the time that I started anchors. I was twenty. Yeah, I had just moved wow. here, so I was twenty, and uh, and I was in a band with at least one other member who was a lot more uh, experienced than the rest of us. So and he, you already knew how to play bass at that point, like. I, I would like to say yes, but as now looking in back, in hindsight, I'm like, not no, so maybe not so much. <laughs> if you had to pick one word to represent that band, something of the essence of it, what would you pick? Oh, my God. That band is, is um, it was Renewal. I don't know. Renewal. Yeah. Nice. For yourself for and my, yeah. for all the members? And I think I, I, I actually do think for all the members. Yeah. Um, I think specifically of my friend Keenan, who is the guitar player in Anchorus. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had been in a touring band prior. He's a little older than the rest of us are. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he was very disillusioned by the band life because he was very young when he started doing it. And it was kind of wrapped up in, in, in a lot of like weird drama that comes with being in a band sometimes we deal with it also uh mm-hmm. i just think that anchorus is we're just also very nice polite gentle people and so it's kind of mm-hmm. worked out uh, even though we play punk rock we're really just kind of like mellow <laughs> and so it's it's allowed us to survive as humans yeah, mellow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mellow. and um yeah and so and i think for keenan's you know i think it really revitalized his love for music i mm. think you know when we first started anchors he was like i never want to tour i never want to do this i never want to do that because it's too stressful and now anchors has gone on a tour almost every year and we've released and spent way too much money doing the stuff that we do and you know it, it, there's growing pains with it all but i think for him it's been like a real like he cares a lot about it, you know, and, and it's nice. All of us. When really, you rediscovered that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, that's what I would say. I think Anchors was renewal for us in a lot of ways mm-hmm. or emergence. I don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that's Anchors. And then bef- after that comes Friolento. So Frio is a band that I specifically started. I started it with a very clear intention of what I wanted it to be, and I started it with people who had not been in bands before. This is about four years into Anchors existing. And uh, and Frio, because it, it started mostly as kind of my project with these people I met in school, um, has evolved a lot over the years. In fact, it, it used, didn't used to be called Frio, we used to be called Bloom, until we realized there's like 200 bands in the world called Bloom, so mm-hmm. we changed the name. Um, <laughs> and, you know... Uh, Does this have meaning in Spanish? Friolento, yes. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a Spanish word. It means prone to the cold. Uh, someone that gets cold easily. But I like the word a lot because friolento is a word that is created by two other words. So frio means cold and mm-hmm. lento means slow. So if you translate it directly, it actually means slow cold, which mm-hmm. I kind of like. So... Um, but so Frio was kind of an idea, but then I realized that it's an idea that has a lot of members that come in and out. And and now uh, now um, the bass player Eric and the drummer Chris are are kind of mainstays in it. And and now it's kind of our project. But it was definitely something that was a little bit more mine. For now, I hate owning anything like that because <laughs> I really do believe that music is a collaborative thing. And uh, and I don't like saying that it was like my project, my idea. It was. I started it. No, but it needs an anchor at the it, beginning it until the beginning. it finds its feet, right? Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and now, so Frio, a lot of people who know me and know my bands, they see Frio as like my, um, uh, and I, it's Frio Lento, I just call it Frio for, uh, <laughs> this is my pet name for it. Uh, I think a lot of people <laughs> see Frio as like the truest representation of what I want to do with music. It's like they're all aspects of your personality. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and Frio just happens to be the darker one. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, so it's darker than Anchorus, um, 
and I and if I I always turn to Eric for this because Eric's a lot better with words than I am and uh, he he always describes Frio as, as cathartic it's very cathartic for him to be in this band and I think that that's true I think that for me Frio is also very cathartic I write about in Anchors, I don't have so much a hand in, in lyrics. That's more Rob, mm-hmm. our vocalist. And I, we all collaborate on the music, whereas mm-hmm. in Frio, I write a lot of the lyrics. Um, and uh, part of the beauty of that band is that we all do vocals. And so we all get to... We essentially pick a theme for the songs, and then we all write separately our, our parts. And then we let our parts come together when we kind of hone it all in. And so what ends up being, it becomes this beautiful kind of like dark kaleidoscope of whatever it is that we're dealing with. So um, uh, we had an album called Destroy All Bad Luck, um, which was uh, a lot about death and so um, and about different interpretations. So it was about like the passing of uh, Eric's grandparents, the passing of Chris's grandmother, and it had a lot to do with some turbulence that I've had with death in my personal life. Mm. And so we didn't police each other on like, oh, we have to write about this specific thing. We just said we want this album to be about death and not necessarily just like cool because it's metal but because it means something to us and Mm so um frio has that quality to it it's very like we allow it to just be cathartic and open for everybody uh involved and so we bring people into that project all the time we brought two people in to help us record destroy all bad luck we just finished our new album which we brought in a couple other friends to do it and and anytime that we do this um we acknowledge that in our liner notes we don't say like Friolento is Ricky, Chris, mm-hmm. and Eric. We actually say like Friolento is these people mm-hmm. because we really feel like this album couldn't have been happened without these mm-hmm. collaborators we brought into the. Right. It's like having an open creative seat for whoever yeah. comes in for that period of yeah. time to help you with that collaboration. Yeah, and we want them to feel like they have ownership over that. That's not just like oh, you're cool, you came and guested on our mm-hmm. on our song. It's right. like no, you like literally wrote yeah, a part yeah. for it. You co-created. So if you want to, if as uh, to our listeners out there, if you'd like to um, take a look at any of this or or have a listen, we're sent, we're tweeting out um, links. So you can find us on Twitter at um, Essential Conv, which is Essence T I A L C O N V, and I am yeah sending out links to your different mm-hmm. bands. You hear? So the next one, next one is <laughs> is this one has a, a a metal name, a very tough name. It has a good story. I don't love the name. Sorry, Andrew, uh, but you know um, it's called Teeth to Your Throat, and uh, yeah, it's pretty. It's probably the heaviest of my bands. Um, I, this is a band that I had the sheer privilege of being asked to join. Mm. Uh, they lost their vocalist and were like, hey, they saw me with Frio. They thought this guy could be good. And and yeah, and so I'm in this band with people I met through this scene. And this is probably my newest band. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great. I, I love it. I, I write about very different things. Um, uh, I try to approach every project with something kind of fresh and new, and I don't like to rehash old ideas, mm-hmm. even if I have a lot more to say in those ideas. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem... I like the compartments. And mm-hmm. so uh, Frio, I would say, is like a lot more about the emotional weight of like things like death, loss. Um, uh, our new album, Weight of Another, which will be out hopefully later this year uh, is a lot about like the way in which we carry people and we let people we let ex- other expectations weigh uh, down on us and vice versa like what expectation mm-hmm. do we place on other people mm-hmm. uh, whereas with Teeth I decided that this would be a far more political lyrical project for me so in Frio I, I'm the guitar player and vocalist in Teeth I'm just the vocalist so I have a lot of time to dedicate to the, the words and uh, and Teeth is yeah it's um, 
I've been using it as kind of an outlet for um, thinking about political things that are important to me. I'm not a poli-sci major, and I, 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 I read the news, and I have opinions, but I also don't feel like there's enough room in any song or, 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 or anything to really, like, touch on the nuance of politics. So I approach it from a very personal place. Um, and uh, so I wrote a lot. So our one EP that we have out now, which is called The Life Without Pain, is about... Um, uh, essentially, it's about people that, that abuse their power in order to oppress others, and and so and and, and there's to, lots of that going on right now. There's a lot of that going around. So the album is is rooted in a very specific thing to me that I don't really want to talk about on radio, mm-hmm. just because it involves a friend of mine's um, mm-hmm. personal well-being. But mm-hmm. uh, if you want to check it out, you should listen to the album. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, but there is a politic. There's politics wrapped into it, right, and the power dynamics of the world and how people in power and in privilege uh, can use that to to squander and squash others, right? So, um, so it, there is a catharsis to it, but it's definitely coming more from like a more intellectual place for me, I think. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so that's teeth. So, um, and and then after that, I'm also part of a collective called Grief Walker, and Grief Walker is a nine piece sometimes. <laughs> um, post-rock band i play um i play a bunch of instruments i don't know how to play actually i play well, guitar you're learning obviously but i'm learning them <laughs> play guitar and baritone guitar but i also play steel guitar like slide guitar yeah. and uh and wow. and a bunch of other things that hi one of the members hands to me he's like here for this song you're going to play this instrument and um so grief walkers <laughs> far more of like um it's a collective of about eight to nine people and uh we write pretty like droney, repetitive, kind of meditative music with mm-hmm. some elements of, uh, of of heaviness. So a lot of people call us post metal, post rock. Mm-hmm. So I guess so. Um, mm-hmm. um, Grief Walker is a cool experiment for me because in all these other bands, I have a very unique leading role in some ways. In Grief Walker, I get to sit back a little bit. It's definitely more another member's project, and I'm a part of it. And I think that that's still cool because I get to contribute my own ideas and and kind of my own flair, but ultimately there is a mission. And so unlike Frio and Anchorage and Teeth, which where we keep most of the songs, like we write stuff and we edit them until the song is good. Like we'd, we'd rarely have a song that we're like, oh, we finished it and you know what? We don't like it, so it's not going to happen. Griefwalker has a lot of that. We will write a song, it's awesome, and then Haig, the kind of band leader, will kind of be like, it's not right. And so we... we bank it and it's it's weird because he's precious and very unprecious about it and it's a good it's a good exercise because it actually has made that all anything we do has been very powerful it's been very cool and so it's cool it's also just cool to be in a it's a it's more of an improvisational band than anything else so we usually start writing songs by just one person starts playing a line and then someone kind of layers on top of that and then I go in and do like a weird slide guitar thing that, um, <laughs> that you're inventing on the spot yeah. all of these are so completely different yeah, yes they are, they are. Yeah. I mean they're like they're like uh, different different Confections in a in a store that sells chocolates and marzipans and <laughs> you could go in there and say, "Oh, and I'll have one of those, and I'll have one of those." Yeah, um, and I'm imagining that they they all facilitate you exploring different parts of totally. yourself. Absolutely, it's I I you know people think I'm crazy for being in all these bands, mm. but it makes me think of people who are multilingual. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. each each 
band's description that you're giving me, giving us, sorry, and when you're sharing what it does for you, but you're you're talking about what that music is allowing or yeah. or mm-hmm. what you are creating is as part of that team because each one you're not none of these are solo no, efforts none of them. even though you may have been mm-hmm. the first to yeah. take mm-hmm. the steps in uh for friolente yeah friolente for lento lento that's yeah. right okay i've been typing friolento and i'm like what, what's coming out of my mouth no, don't worry anyways it reminds me of when i hear people now you are you are bilingual at least i'm oh, yeah. sure if yes. you're from mexico <laughs> so does that feel like an accurate analogy in the sense that you're you have access to different things through mm-hmm. those languages, through these musical experiences, totally. I I, I do. I, I I understand that. I I think it's true. Like I, you know, I my best friend Chris is. Uh, he's in two of them. He's in Ancris and in Frio, and uh, he's the drummer. And it's something that him and I have actually talked about a lot, which is like you know, well, him and I, I we hang out a lot. We ideate on like what, and then we realize like oh. Maybe this isn't a Frio song at all. Maybe this is an Ancris mm. song. And then, oh, we got it in the wrong category. Exactly. We, we have, just, to we move have, it. We have yeah. this in the wrong place, right? right. And, uh, um, and, and, and he's got his own share of other bands that I'm not a part of that he's like, oh, maybe this isn't even an idea mm. between the two of us. Maybe this is an idea that I need to take to my other band, right? right? Mm. Um, yeah, and I think that that's true. But I mean, that's what makes being in multiple bands so exciting. Like, I don't know if I'd love to be in the same band over and over again. And you know what? To some people, I'm definitely just in the same band over and over again because <laughs> right. it's all under like the. But umbrella there's always of punk. going to be a thread through it because yeah. the thread is you, right? Yeah, but I think they're vastly different to me. So. And fair yeah. enough for yeah. people who maybe are listening on the outside to Spanish and Italian and Portuguese. They may be like, "Oh, that's yeah. all these languages. It's all the same." Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Do you find that when you're in Mexico and you're speaking in Spanish and when you're here and you're speaking in English that it bring that brings out different aspects of yourself? I think so. Um, I, I most yeah, I would say so. I mean in Spanish it's um I'm far less um eloquent in Spanish and it's not that I can't speak it. It's that I didn't do all of my education in Spanish. Mm. And so my Spanish is very um Emotive. I have to. Th- I don't know. It's, I have to think about it, right? Mm-hmm. It's, English. I can kind of, like, kind of swing blindly into it and 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 come up with a sentence. Be like, oh, look, that actually made sense. Uh, whereas in Spanish, <laughs> I definitely have to think about it. Not because I can't speak the language, because I speak it fluently, but mm-hmm. when you don't do your formal education in a language, you mm-hmm. you don't have the the connectors that allow you to like put those ideas together. F- so it's not swiftly. just the vocabulary; it's the concepts. It's as a well. concept. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And. Uh, and so, and mostly the people that I speak to in Spanish to are my cousins and my family. So it's mostly just complaining. So I just <laughs> complain a lot. In Spanish. <laughs> Which awesome. language do you do you emote better in? Um, hmm. I think both to some degree, and I just think hmm. it's different kinds of different uh, ways. I think that I think that my eloquence in English has allowed me to be able to like really synthesize emotions into mm. words or into uh, an image or whatever um, whereas in Spanish where I don't quite have that 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 kind of lingual acrobatic kind of figured out I just say what I need to say and <laughs> and it's a different kind of emotion it's a lot more raw there's less refinement to it do right you write now. songs in Spanish I do yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. teeth has songs in Spanish nice. and, uh, mm. yeah mm. Another song. We've got another one of your songs here. Cool. So this is um, Self-Immolation Family by Self-Defense Family. Yes. Can, would you like to tell us before or after we listen I to this? I, I, sure, I'll talk yeah. about it now. 
So uh, Soul Defense Family is, uh, I played them on the Fun Drive show as well, but mm. a different song. By a different song. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to bring them up again because I think, to me, they're also a band that, like, they're currently active, and they, a lot of what I did with Frio was inspired by them. So this idea that it's an open collective that people can come in and contribute to, and if you're not available for this particular session, that doesn't mean that you don't get to participate in some capacity. Uh, Self-defense has a pretty very much that model. They go on tour with whoever's available. They record with whoever's available. And uh, they have linchpin members, but for the most part, it's pretty freeform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really love that. And I think that one thing that they do exceptionally well is, like, distill emotion down to like the bare bones of it and so to me it's very emotional music and it's often very simple and we spend a lot of time like occupying a lot of um, space with detail and I think mm-hmm. that it music like self-defenses is just like it detail is important but it's mm-hmm. also just like stripped down what's the what's the core of it so mm-hmm. yeah and uh, self-immolation families just like I think a song that really exemplifies that Cool. We'll take a listen to this. We will be back in the studio with Ricky in just a few minutes. Þetta er sjálfsvarnartónlist. This is self-defense music.
listening to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca, and our guest today is one of CGS's, CJSF's own, that F didn't want to go in there, no, <laughs> Ricky Castaneda Laredo, who is an artist, a very, I mean, multiple musician, <laughs> artist in many ways, also the music director here at CJSF. We were just listening to his second song request today, which was uh, Self-Immolation Family by Self-Defense Family. And we don't have a whole lot of time left. Ricky, what do you feel is like an essential part of your story that maybe hasn't popped out through what we've talked about so far today? Um, That all of, you know, that at the end of the day, I studied art. I studied visual art. And uh, and it's something that's still very key to what I do. And and it's weird because it was actually kind of art that got me involved in everything. It was the fact that I made posters for punk bands. And and then, uh, you know, some band was like, hey, can you design a shirt for me? And I was like, sure. And I learned everything that I know about art and design through being involved in music. And by virtue of me being an artist, the music, and the music world invited me in. And mm-hmm. so... I, I suffer from probably the worst imposter syndrome on the face of the earth because I never <laughs> studied music, yet I'm a music director. Right. I never, like, I, I, you know, I don't work for a firm. Or, I, I never learned design. And so, um, but I'm a designer. Like, by trade, I'm a designer now. And uh, But it's like a synthesis. Yeah. And of s- all those different parts, right? Yeah. And so it, it's just been weird because I feel like sometimes I wonder what led into the other. But I think that, you know, I... I just think back to myself in high school at a computer and, you know, making posters for bands that I would never get to see live, which now is not true. I've seen a lot of cool bands live, but back then I didn't think I was going to get a chance. So I would make fake posters for bands that I wanted to see together. <laughs> and, and that's how, I, and I learned about those bands. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I wanted to make these posters to almost mm-hmm. like create the dream for myself. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so by virtue of the two ex- coexisting in me, I, that's what I am. I'm a designer awesome. that works in music. Manifested for this self yeah. by just working on the things that you loved. I, as to the imposter syndrome, man, there's like there's so many more ways to, to get to a destination. And even, we're not even on the destination. We're on the journey, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're showing up to just do the thing. I mean, what is a title? What is a role except for doing a thing? Yeah. And... Uh, there's so many times it's like our it's our this is one of our western blind spots the whole idea of education looks like this mm-hmm. yeah. and these are these little goal posts that are mm-hmm. the certificates or the external acknowledgments of mm-hmm. somebody's told you these things in this kind of an environment therefore you know yeah. them yeah. it's ah, all destination oriented and it's you know, we did we yeah. barely get to the destination it's all about it's load of what crap. you're doing in, <laughs> the, in in between right yeah so good for yeah. you for just doing the thing yeah and Thank you can you. give that imposter syndrome a kick to the and curb. creating every day because you know right? yeah. there's going to be younger ones teenagers right now mm-hmm. who would be listening to you saying that's what i want to do yeah. yeah and they don't think you're an imposter because you're just showing mm-hmm. up and doing the thing mm-hmm. <laughs> You're doing the thing that they want to do, and they're thinking, "Oh, there's room for me." Yeah, yeah. right. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. And I, 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 I do try to like quell it with that, right? Because yeah. I also don't believe in the in all of the things that I was taught that would make me who I am. Because I think that had I chosen to walk the path that was laid out for me by education or by my by my strict family or whatever. I wouldn't be who I am, which mm-hmm. is which is ultimately like you know. I was just talking to Chris about it yesterday. He's like, "You're a music director. Like, think about that. You, mm-hmm. you know, like, and you can make that anything that you feel like making it. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, right? it's and then it be, that becomes what it is. Yeah. 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 Um, We're almost out of time. What's next for you? When's, when's the next band playing somewhere that people could listen to? Uh, well, Friolento is playing on, not this, not today, but next Friday. We're playing at Pub 340 with some friends of ours. Uh, I think the show starts at 7.30. Cool. And it's, uh, it's our friends that are putting out an album. So that's Frio, and, and we have an album coming out sometime this year, hopefully. Um, and then Anchors is recording right now, and I'm going to go to Brazil on, Woo! on tour uh, with Teeth. This that is so cool. exciting. Yeah, so. I wasn't expecting that. That's awesome. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm gonna go to Brazil. Yeah. And maybe somebody's <laughs> listening to us in Brazil yeah, since maybe. we go out and over the like, internet, oh, well, right? Yeah. And so maybe you'll have a fan when you get there who'll say, "Yes, I heard you on the radio." I've heard yeah, weirder totally. things. Totally. Yeah. Conversation. Whoa. Yeah. I guess that started ready for me. <laughs> Anyways, we are just about out of time here, and um, thank you, Ricky, thank for you. joining us today. Yes. At long last. And I wonder... And for next time, we wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahalleck's.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. Oh, 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 Happy, 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 boing, 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 bo